I speak in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Some of us might remember a television program some 11 years ago, The Thick of It, a series that satirized the inner workings of the British government. There was a small cast focusing on a government minister, his advisors, and the party's spin doctor. It highlighted the eternal struggles and conflicts between politicians and those that spin messages. Advisors, civil servants, and the media, the parties involved never mentioned by name, although it was clear which was which and who was who, also featuring storylines that have mirrored and in some ways predicted real-life policies, events, treachery, scandal, and disbelief. Those of you who know Parliament well, like myself, will know that is true on many occasions. And today we look at the events of Maundy Thursday. The name Maundy is, of course, derived from the Latin word mandatum, meaning a commandment. Jesus Christ at the Last Supper commanded, and now I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And in our epistle reading, thank you, St. Paul recognizes Jesus as emptying himself and taking the form of a slave, obedient to the point of death. And these days, from Maundy Thursday through to Easter Day, form the absolute core of our Christian faith and ministry. Our priority is to love in the way of Jesus Christ, with the absolute certainty that real goodness and love are stronger than evil and spin. On the night before his crucifixion, Jesus ate a meal in preparation for the Passover with his disciples and then afterwards went out into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. We find Jesus saying to his disciples and to us and the church down through the ages and also today, this is my body, this is my blood. The Last Supper is sandwiched between Judas's act of treachery when he went to the chief priests and offered to hand Jesus over to them for 30 pieces of silver, the announcement by Jesus that one of his disciples will betray him, and then the act of betrayal by Judas in the Garden of Gethsemane. And as we have previously read, there's no doubt about it. The Last Supper is surrounded by treachery. It is celebrated in the thick of sin and spin. The Last Supper is portrayed in the Gospels is not set in some high and holy moment of Jesus' life, rather than the opposite. Judas had already put into motion his dirty work, which culminated in a false kiss of betrayal. Jesus was arrested like a criminal and dragged off to court in the middle of the night. And Peter was denied three times that he ever knew Jesus, even though he had boldly stated that he would never do such a thing. Meanwhile, the other disciples fled and hid in fear and shame and guilt. So it was then, and so it is still today. And so it must always be in this rather mixed up and contradictory world of ours, where Holy Communion has its setting in the world that we know so well, with all its spin, conflict, stains, shame and betrayal. Holy Communion is not found only in antiseptic holy conditions. Holy Communion is not there only for holy and righteous people who feel they have got it all together in their spiritual lives. 
Holy Communion has its place right here in the mire of all that happens in our lives. The daily news agenda to which we are not just subjected but also play a part reflects the uncomfortable fact that we remain in the thick of it. And through commission or omission, we are in the thick of sin. Jesus takes bread and wine and gives them to us. This is his body and blood given to us right where we are in our world, stained with the world's shame. Jesus gives his body and blood to the guilty, to those who have in some way betrayed Jesus as Lord of their lives. In spite of what we are, in spite of what we've done, in spite of all we have failed to do, he gives us a meal, sharing himself with us. There is no kingdom of heaven on earth, no escape from the world for all of its shame, and there is no escape from our weaknesses and sin. Jesus does not remove us from all of this to give us holy communion. Rather, he comes to us in the midst of our weakness and shame and gives us his body and blood right here in the thick of it. In this meal, Jesus shares our sorrows. He joins us in our troubles. He sympathizes with our sadness. He struggles as we struggle with our weakness and he gives us victory over it all. We all struggle in some way in our daily lives. We might sometimes wonder if we're going to make it, whatever making it might mean. Some of us may even wonder if the whole thing is worthwhile. Weary, worn out, guilt-ridden, our spirits down, we can come here and taste that food and drink and hear those words of Jesus once again. Take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, this is my blood. Given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. We are refreshed revived. And here at St. Stephen's, where the Samaritan was founded by Chad Vara, we have a clear mandate to help those who feel that they are just too weary, too sin-stained, too guilt-written, and in the thick of it, to come into the presence of God. They feel they are not prepared enough to come before his altar or take into their hands anything holy. And if you know anything about God, that is a natural response. God does judge the sinner, but he is in the thick of it with us. He will not allow the imperfect to come into his presence because there is not any one of us who is good enough to come here to this altar and to take into our hands his holy things. But God provided a way for us. He sent his son to make us right with himself and also ourselves. Jesus took on himself our sin and reconciled us with God. And he keeps on forgiving us and assuring us of his love when we come here into his presence. He says, take and eat, take and drink for the forgiveness of your sins. We might say it's like coming to an oasis after a hot, dry journey across a desert or to a welcoming village pub after a long, tiring hike in pouring rain over the Chilterns or Cotswolds. You are refreshed and reassured, even though the journey has been a very tough one. We had all been in the thick of it. I will well remember in 2012, finally coming into Santiago de Compostela and entering the cathedral thereafter, after a 120-mile pilgrimage from Ferrol, having walked the Camino Inglés. My feet were blistered, my legs aching with fatigue. 
but all of us were glad to have made the journey because you now know you have the will and the strength to carry on wherever the road may lead and however we are in the thick of it, emotionally or physically. We need the Lord's Supper to strengthen us in our endeavor to do God's will in our lives. We need it to strengthen our faith and our love for the journey ahead of us. And we need it for the reassurance that we belong to the Lord and that his love for us is unlimited. So as we eat and drink, be assured he shares our troubles, whatever they might be. And he demonstrates that he is with us, really with us, as we eat and drink his body and blood. We who are constantly caught up in the evils and shortcomings of the world, we remain forgiven. The food and drink that Jesus gives us guarantees that we are still loved by him and that our relationship with him has not changed. We come to this supper trusting that through sharing this meal we have both forgiveness and salvation. When we absorb the wonderful environment of this fantastic and much loved church, we may feel we could stay here forever basking in the peace and beauty, meditating to the sound of the choir and the music. But we all have to go back out into the real world, back to our homes, our work, and our families. And it's like that with Holy Communion too. We can take away with us the peace we have received from hearing again that our sins are forgiven and that we have a heavenly Father who watches over us in our daily journeys. Yet we are sent out as Christ's ambassadors and disciples to carry out his mission and ministry among the people we come across during the next week. We are commissioned to love as he has loved us. And it is as we go about these tasks in the coming week that the journey of faith can get very heavy going. And it was just for these sorts of times that Jesus initiated a simple act of communion with his disciples at the Last Supper. And today he gives us his body and blood, reminding us that he is with us in the midst of every weak moment, every painful event, and every hidden corner of our lives. He comes into our lives with his presence when he says, this is my body, this is my blood. Eat and drink for the forgiveness of your sins. As faithful believers, let us prepare to meet Christ our Lord here and now in his sacramental presence as we celebrate the reality of Christ's Easter gift to us, his very life. Amen.